You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Jesus told them that no man can take from you. So no man can take this type of joy from you. Faith in Jesus Christ gives you a joy that can never be duplicated by the world. And John would know. He experienced this joy. Now he says, I want to share this joy with you. I want you to have this joy because I want your joy to be complete. I want you to know that Jesus, as your Lord and Savior, has died for you, has died for your sins. And in that, you can have complete joy. Can you think of a time when you were extremely happy? How long did that happiness last? In today's message, Pastor Dave shares about something that doesn't come and go like happiness can. One of the many blessings you receive when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 John chapters 1 through 4 as he continues his message, Jesus, a living reality. remember these things as he wrote this out. He refutes the Gnostics with this description of Jesus' humanity. He refutes their claim that Jesus didn't have a body. Jesus is the living reality. He had a body. John says, I saw him. I touched him. And he tells his reader, I'm not making this up. This is true. This is not a once upon a time story. Jesus was no phantom. He's real. He's true. He was there. I saw him. He assures his his readers that this is true. He assures them that he knows what he's talking about. Why is this important? It's important because, friends, it's a well-known fact that Jesus was a historical figure. He did live, but he was also God. And that is something you have to reconcile in your heart. That Jesus not only was God, Jesus is God. He was real, and he is real. And because he came as a man, now he can identify with us, you know, He was in a body. He knows the aches and pains we feel. He never slept on a bed. He slept on the ground. So I imagine he had a few aches and pains when he got up. But he can relate to our pains. He can relate to our our, our frailness. He can relate to our infirmities. This one, the, the, the eternal one, that which was from the beginning, the word of life, Jesus, he was revealed to us, John said. He was revealed to us. Ah, I love it. Next, John says, and we experienced him. We experienced him. Look at verse 2. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, was manifested to us. Manifested. Phanero, meaning to render apparent, to appear, to show oneself. Now, let me ask you a question. If you were God, and you wanted to show yourself to men so you could have a relationship with them, how would you do it? How would you tell men about yourself? How would you show them the way back to you? How would you reveal to them the kind of life that you wanted them to live? How would you do that? Yes, God has revealed himself to man through creation. But creation alone could never tell us the story of God's love. God was fully revealed in the word. 
But in the Old Testament, it only showed us our need for a Savior. It only showed us what we need. God revealed himself through a man. God revealed himself to his son, Jesus Christ. And remember when we studied John 14, 9, 9. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Father was revealing himself to men through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is God's revelation of himself, he has that special name, Word of Life, because in the beginning of the Gospel of John, once again, we go back there and we see in verse 14 that it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We beheld him. Can you imagine what went through John's mind when he finally realized that when he heard Jesus speak, he heard the voice of God? When he looked at Jesus, he was looking at God. When he touched Jesus, he was touching God. When he laid his head upon Jesus' breast there at the supper and he heard the heartbeat, he was listening to the heart of God. When did John realize that? When did that come to John's thinking? Oh, it must have been a glorious time. So he's reflecting now on these three years that he spent with him as he talked and watched and learned. And they touched him. They were touching God. Imagine what that must have done to them when they realized that when he put his hand on their shoulder, God was touching them. I was actually touching God. We handled him. We touched him. We heard him. We saw him. He saw him from the beginning. And this was so, so far from Jewish thinking. This was so far from Jewish thinking because anybody saw God died. This was so far from their thinking. I wonder what it's like to gaze into Jesus' eyes and have him looking back at you. I mean, you couldn't hold anything back. Remember John 2, 25 says, Jesus is known, knows what's in your heart. <laughs> Excuse me, but I started to wonder, how do you throw Jesus a birthday party, surprise birthday party? <laughs> Just pretend you don't know. <laughs> So John speaks of this life that was revealed, this life that was experienced, and now he speaks of the life that he wants to share with us. He wants to share with his readers. And he makes no mistake about the identification of Jesus Christ being the Son of the Father, the Son of God. Look at verse 3. That which we have seen, heard. Notice how many times he has said that? He's driving that point home. We declare to you and that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. John is driving this point home. He boldly declares that Jesus is the Son of God. Ap angelo, meaning to announce. I declare to you. John was saying, listen guys, this is not a lie. These lies that are being circulated about Jesus, don't believe him. Don't fall for the bait. Don't fall for the lie. Don't believe the lie. I was with him for three years. I was with him at the cross. I saw him die. I saw him buried. I went to the empty tomb. And then he appeared to me afterwards. I watched him ascend into heaven. I'm going to say so much more about false teachers later on in this text. John is enthusiastic about his relationship with Jesus Christ. And we should be too. People ask me about my beloved wife, Beatrice. I always tell her, second best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, what's the first? Jesus! Jesus Christ. Ah, wow. 
He knows that, John knows that once you've experienced this life, once you experience this life and you know that it's real, you're going to want to share it with other people. You're going to want to share it with those around you, with your family, with your friends, with your parents, with your kids, with, with your neighbor, with people at Wawa. I had a friend of mine long, long ago. We went to a retreat up in New York, and we were coming home, and we stopped at a rest area, and we went into the men's room, and he's sharing Jesus there in the men's room. I'm like, oh, yo, my gosh. It was great. It was great. But that's what you want to do. When you know this Jesus, you want to share him. It becomes the topic of your conversation. Have you ever noticed that if you truly love Jesus and you're talking to somebody, the conversation always comes around to Jesus? He's enthusiastic. How do we experience this, he says. We experience through fellowship. Remember we've been saying that fellowship is one of the four pillars of a table. It's one of the four pillars of church, along with the apostles' doctrine, which is the word of God, breaking of bread, and um, the prayer. Well, that's what happened to us. They took away our, our leg. They took away our fellowship. Fellowship is extremely important. It's our familiar word. You know what that word is. Koinonia. Koinonia, spirit-filled fellowship. It means partnership. It means communion. Having all things in common. It's like what Peter says, having like precious faith. I love that. And partnership means mutual sharing of resources, interest in each other. This is what God wants for us. This is what God wants for you. And the purpose of the gospel is to bring man into fellowship with God. That fellowship was broken because of sin. But Jesus came and took that away on the cross. And because of his death on the cross, because he was the perfect sacrifice, by believing in Jesus, I can be returned to fellowship with God. I have been redeemed. I have been brought back into fellowship with the holy God. This was the purpose of God creating man in the beginning, to fellowship with them. Read back when Adam sinned, when Adam and Eve sinned, read back. And he used to walk with God in the garden. They used to walk and talk with each other. And then when they sinned, they hid from God. And you know, as I read that, my heart breaks. It's like God saying, Adam, where are you? It's like his heart was broken. He knew where he was. But his heart was broken because Adam had broken fellowship because of the sin. But that no longer is the case. John says, fellowship with us, because we're fellowship with Jesus. Before we believed in Christ, we had nothing in common with each other, other than the fact that we were miserable sinners. Now we're still sinners, but we're saved by grace, praise God. Praise God, we're saved by grace. We didn't have anything in common with our holy God, but God, there's those words again, but God in his grace and his mercy Send his beloved son, Jesus Christ, into the world so that by believing in him, you can once again have fellowship with God. And as we fellowship with each other, we have fellowship with God. We place our faith, we place our trust, we place our hope in Jesus for salvation. And Peter tells us we become partakers of the divine nature. This is beautiful. And when he says partakers, it's the same root word as fellowship. Notice who the fellowship is with or whom the fellowship is with. It looks like you're fellowshipping one to another. But iron sharpens iron. You're really fellowshipping with God. You're really fellowshipping with the Lord. I love that. I love what Gusick said. Quote, you can enjoy this fellowship even though you don't understand the intricacies of the Trinity. You can use your eyes even though you don't know every detail how your vision works. You know God and believe in him as he has revealed himself even though you can't understand everything about his person and his nature. I contend that God never, ever, ever once in his word told us to understand. It's all he told us to do was believe. It's all he told us was to do was accept by faith. 
I love it. And what does this lead to? What does all of this lead to? Knowing who Jesus is, knowing the reality that he is, experiencing Jesus in your life, having fellowship one to another, which is really fellowship with God, leads to one thing that God wants us to have, and that is called J-O-Y, joy. Look at verse 4. And these things, by the way, verses 1, 2, and 3, that's all one sentence, folks. And these things we write to you that your joy may be fills. You notice that acronym, J-O-Y, Jesus, others, you, J-O-Y. Shared fellowship with God, shared fellowship with Jesus Christ makes our joy full. Hurrah. Believe it or not, that's the word for joy, H-A-R-A-H, hurrah. It means cheerfulness, delight, gladness, hurrah, I'm full of joy. Does this describe your experience with Jesus? I hope it does. The Lord is the answer to our loneliness. He is the answer to our emptiness. He's the answer to our howlerness that we often feel. This joy that John is referring to, you can't manufacture this. You can't get up and go, okay, I'm going to make up joy. Okay, here we go. I'm going to be joy. Then you get out of bed and stub your toe. David, of all people, understood this joy probably more than anybody. He writes in Psalm 1611, In your presence, Lord, is fullness of joy. It's in his presence is fullness of joy. Don't you see how important that fellowship is? That koinonia fellowship of fellowship with Jesus? This is a life that is real, folks. It is a life that is true, and it is a life that is hid in Jesus Christ, your life in him, his life in you, and it produces joy, real joy, joy that lasts, and joy that is complete. It is full. Pleroyo, meaning complete or perfect. This joy is what Jesus told them that no man can take from you. He said, no man can take this type of joy from you. Faith in Jesus Christ gives you a joy that can never be duplicated by the world. And John would know. He experienced this joy. Now he says, I want to share this joy with you. I want you to have this joy because I want your joy to be complete. I want you to know that Jesus, as your Lord and Savior, has died for you, has died for your sins. And in that, you can have complete joy. That salvation, your names are written in the Lamb Book of Life. Amen. It's right. Amen. A great preacher wrote this, quote, The Christian is joyful not because he is blind to injustice and suffering but because he is convinced that these, in the light of divine sovereignty, will never be ultimate. The humor of the Christian is not a way of denying the tears, but rather of affirming something deeper than tears. Our joy goes much, much deeper. It's deeper than anything we've ever experienced. Joy in the midst of a trouble. Joy in the midst of COVID-19. Joy in the midst of whatever. Joy is the end result of the life that Jesus revealed, of the life that we experience through Jesus Christ by his whole experience, and a life that is shared. The end result is joy. Look how joyful we are when we're all together again. Look at the joy that fills my heart. I was so overwhelmed with joy last week. I had to pull back the tears. It was so wonderful to see you all. That joy of fellowshipping once again. How do you experience the reality of Jesus? Scared you, didn't I? How do you experience the reality of Jesus? We experience the reality of Jesus through the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us into truth. 
And it's the Holy Spirit that reveals Jesus to us. It tells us who Jesus really is. It's through the Holy Spirit that this comes. And as we pray, we become one with God because we're telling him our needs and then we're actually listening. I hope you realize that prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. I hope you realize that. When speaking to him, then you must be still and know that he's God and listen to him. Fellowshipping with other believers. We just had a glorious time of worshiping together. That's pure fellowship. Standing in one, declaring the goodness of God, declaring his mercy, declaring his grace, declaring his love for us, and telling him that we love him. I know you felt joy in your heart as we worshiped him. I know you felt that presence in you. Scripture says that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. He gives us that joy. And experience Christ in our lives is to experience the pre-existent creator of everything. Every star in the universe. He holds everything together. If you can explain your lives in any other terms than the activity of Christ, you're not really enjoying the liberty or the power that he's given you. You're not. For my life is hidden Christ. And he is mine. I am in him and he is in me. And he bought me with a price, a blood-bought price. And I belong to him. But yet he has set me free. He's given me freedom. Wonderful thing about this life is that our bodies become a dwelling place for Jesus Christ. He made it so simple for us that we couldn't misplace him. Because he's now inside us. The man upstairs. No. He's not the man upstairs. He's the man in your heart. He's the man right here. Christ lives in our heart. May Christ dwell in your heart richly, Paul said in in Ephesus. We become one with him. It's not an organization. It's not about Calvary Chapel. It's not about ecumenicalism. It's not doctrinal oneness. It's spiritual oneness. One with the Father, one with the Son through the Holy Spirit. It's spiritual oneness that we all have in common that is now our common denominator. Jesus Christ. Even Jesus said the Son can do nothing of himself but what the Father's doing. I only say what the Father's saying. I only do what the Father's doing. In all the miracles and all the teachings, Jesus revealed it was God at work in him. But Jesus was never less than God. But he lived as though he was never more than a man, limiting himself to our limitations and drawing on the resources available to us in God. In the same way, God was at work in the Son. And the Son is now at work in us. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you're going to bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. All fruit we produce is lasting, that has an origin coming from Jesus Christ and the work in us. He gets the glory. He gets the praise for the work he is doing. When we allow the Holy Spirit to have in us function freely to do what he's called to do to us, And we don't rely on our other resources, but we rely on him and him alone. We're experiencing the power of Christ. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He gives us the power. When we depend upon Christ, we are drawing from his grace. We are drawing from his presence. We're drawing from the power of the indwelling spirit. And we learn of him. We learn things that we would never ever dream of otherwise. And in areas where we're incapable, where circumstances are overwhelming and our back's against the wall, we discover that he is more than sufficient. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. When I'm completely depending upon Jesus Christ, the reality of my life 
the experience of my life and the life that I share, God gets glorified. Christianity, folks, Christianity is not a new tag that you wear as a new lifestyle. My new lifestyle is Christian. No, Christianity is my life. It is my life. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Is that how you feel? I mean, these scriptures get me going. These are, these are exciting scriptures. These are some of my favorite scriptures that, in the whole world. I love these scriptures. I say that about every scripture I read, but these are great. You can have that. If you don't have that, you can have that today. You can have that relationship. You can have that oneness with God through Jesus Christ. You can have the indwelling spirit in you through Jesus Christ. You can have the forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ's work on the cross. Because it is finished. Sin's no more. He took it away. And you can have that. And you can have that into a relationship with Jesus Christ simply by believing that he was real, he was God, and he came to earth for you. He came to earth for you to take away your sin. And he had to go to a cross to do it. He had to die in your place to do that. But death couldn't hold him down. Because after his death, after the ascent of the world came upon him and he gave up the ghost, he gave his life. They put him in a tomb and the tomb couldn't hold him. Death couldn't hold him because he rose again on the third day. And he's alive right now, sitting at the right hand of God the Father. And he has sent his Holy Spirit to dwell in us as his presence. His presence in you, the hope of glory. And that's what we have through Jesus Christ. And if you aren't experiencing that joy, please, please, please allow us to pray for you that you would experience that. He wants you to experience that joy. That joy that only comes from knowing him on a personal level. Knowing that he's real. Experiencing him. Experiencing him. All brothers and sisters, I've seen Jesus in you. I have seen him. He's alive and well in you. And I've seen him when I talk to you and when you tell me what he's done in your heart and the way he moves about. I see him. I know he's in you and I can see him coming through you. you know, I had a dear friend of mine who used to always say, well, what people need to see is Jesus with flesh on him. That's right. They need to see you, that joy that is in you, exuding itself outwardly. The things that have happened in here now need to come out. They need to come out so that people can see. That joy that you're holding back, I don't want anybody to see me smile. I'm not smiling, you can't make me. No, it needs to come out. It needs to come out. That joy that's down in your heart has to come out. As you, as you allow it to come out, there's freedom in that. There's freedom, man. And we always say joy comes in the morning. Well, guess what? We have so many mornings left that until the Lord comes. You can enjoy that. You can enjoy that joy every day. You can enjoy that joy constantly. It can be a constant over your life. Your life doesn't have to be like this. Brothers and sisters, this is what John is going to teach us. He's going to show us through his entire epistle these wonderful nuggets of truth, these wonderful nuggets that we can take in our hearts and we can glean all. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on A Sure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. 
There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank available to listen to and even share with your friends and family. Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in 1 John or jump into another book of the Bible. A Sure Hope is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cape May. If you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us this weekend. We meet weekly on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. and We'd be happy to meet you and hear your story. You'll find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. Look on our website for directions, as well as the various ministries that we offer. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand and we'd still love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for Church Online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. Well, this edition is coming to a close, but we're grateful that you've been a part of our listening audience today. Make sure you join us again next time for more from 1 John, where Pastor Dave has more to share about this book. We look forward to that time with you again as your heart is reminded of God's love here on A Sure Hope.